Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Our good friend and colleague Chris Sims has just finished his top 40 quarterback list for the year 2020. So Jack Collinsworth, Corey Robinson, and myself, Ahmed Freed, are here to crush him for this top 40 list or perhaps maybe agree with them a little bit, but that's not, not quite as fun. What do you, Corey, what are you prepared to do with this top 40 list? I'm more on the agree side. Oh, okay. All but right. you know, but I, I'm, I'm more, I guess, diplomatic in that sense. I, I think, <laughs> I think he did a pretty good job. So we'll, we'll look at the list and I'm going to bring it up here uh, right now, Jack, and let me give the premise of the list first. Uh, mm-hmm. So what Chris does every year, he's been doing this last few years back at Bleacher Report before he came over here full time at NBC Sports, is is try to give the 40 quarterbacks that if he was a head coach and if he had random talent around him, he doesn't get the receivers that he has now. He doesn't get the head coach and the scheme that he has right now. It's just kind of a random offense and random offensive players who he would take for just one year and one year only this 2020 season to try to win him a Super Bowl. So what you've done in the past, not really relevant too much outside of the fact that you're just kind of learning what what he can and cannot do in 2020. So that's the idea. And Jack, let me just start with this. I think this is a really interesting practice that Chris does because I don't know that there's any other sport outside of football that it's harder to extrapolate what the individual is responsible for and what the team is responsible for. I think in basketball, LeBron James, you put him on a team, he can carry a bad team. You know, he's great, but you put Peyton Manning, Tom Brady behind a terrible offensive line with terrible receivers who can't separate and no running game. He's not going to be a hall of fame quarterback. He's not going to be Tom Brady. So what do you think? Do you think that's true? Do you think it's super, super difficult to extrapolate exactly what the quarterback is contributing and how much of it is the team? Super difficult for an individual. Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you're mentioning is the entire point behind PFF. So, I mean, we spend the whole day doing that, but it takes 500 plus people to grade and evaluate all these guys. So, I mean, it's, it's not like it's a part-time job to try to watch every single play of every guy, but you have to take the quarterback position and isolate it. Right. I mean, so it's about what do they do on yards that are within 10 yards, you know, throws that are within 10 yards down the field. What do they do 10 to 20 yards down the field? What do they do 20 plus yards down the field? Um, so it, when you start evaluating every single throw, I think you get a little bit clearer of a picture of where you want to go with this list. Uh, the, the, the two obvious ones that jump out right off the top, and I, I think it's probably important because others may be wondering the same question, yeah. is do we have to bring the contract with it? So you mm-hmm. get them for one year. I got that. We're not worried about the future. We're not worried about the next five years. But do I have to bring their current contract? Because that that's a big determining factor. That's a good question, because obviously wow. that limits what you can do with the rest of the team. Chris does not uh, factor that in to his uh, to his rankings. So it's basic. It's just talent, talent alone, okay. arm talent, brain talent, polish as a quarterback. That's all he's that's all he's reading on here. But you bring up a good point, because uh, a, 
average quarterback on a great deal, hey, you can have a stud offensive line or a stud defense, and it that certainly does matter. So maybe, Jack, you're going to have to come up with your top 40 with contract quarterback countdown list. <laughs> I mean, the first the first two that, that jump straight to my brain, and now the list is a little bit scooted in there. I'm having trouble making out the guys that I was going to go to. But Drew Brees oh, yeah. and Tom Brady, 15-16. Yeah. I mean, you got to be anticipating a pretty significant cliff if you're going to put them at 15 and 16. Uh, there's no way that you could say Tom Brady met that cliff last year, I don't think. I mean, his his receivers were the worst that we've seen in a long, long, long time for Tom Brady. And to have Drew Brees at 16, I just I, – I don't I don't understand that. Um, so, so PFF had him at two, right? PFF had correct. him at two last year? Okay. Correct. And, and I guess you could make the, the Sean Payton argument and that he's a, a bit of a system quarterback and that kind of a thing. Uh, it's a bit of a stretch argument for me. I think I think Drew Brees in any list, if you're going to go outside of the top six, I mean, just just think about it like rationally, right? Look, at we're playing a fantasy <laughs> football draft. We're putting every NFL player into this bin. You're Jerry Jones and your fantasy football picking your team right now. You're telling me that you're going to take Ryan Tannehill, Cam Newton, Matt Stafford, Dak Prescott, Matt Ryan, Carson Wentz, all of those guys ahead of, of Drew Brees. If you have one year, one year, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that with a rational mind you could. But do wait, that. wait a minute, Jack. I think this is this is something that I was thinking about with this list. I too was triggered by that. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, that's disrespectful. But then I also thought, wait a second. The thing that's really tough about football is that no one cares what you did last year, and we see that all the time, right? And if this is a one-year deal, like if you're looking at an older Tom Brady, an older Drew Brees, like it's hard for me because I looked up to those guys my entire life and I see them as just, you know, the faces of quarterbacks in the NFL. Right. And I revere them. So it's almost like I have to keep them in the top 10 all the time. But I think the exercise of this list is pretty interesting because it's just one year and all bets are off. It's a clean slate. I mean, I don't know. I think Tom Brady going to a new team, uh, you got, it takes time to figure out that team. You're not going to just win a Super Bowl with a brand new team right off the bat. You have no chemistry. You know, so yeah. it's it's hard for me. It's hard for me to to balance my uh, my past reverence for these guys with this idea, this exercise of, hey, all bets are off. Just one so, year. Take it yeah. out of context. This is what I'd say with with Drew Brees and I, you know, doing the podcast with Chris uh, once a week for for a year now. I can get into his brain, which is a super scary place to be for Chris. Living in that brain can be super scary. Um, but the arguments for Drew Brees are compelling and you're not alone to be questioning that ranking he he was expecting it he had him ranked 10th and, and Tom Brady ninth last year and drew some heat for that although I would argue that Brady's ranking of nine might might have been okay last year um actually maybe was a little too high but for Breeze what do you think of this Jack Drew Brees at the end of the year we saw the limitations with the deep ball you can scheme around that good defenses playoff defenses can say okay he can't throw deep he has the benefit of Sean Payton offense which you admitted as well he has the benefit of Michael Thomas there who he compliments very well and Michael Thomas compliments him but there are ways to scheme Drew Brees now where I would argue there maybe aren't ways to scheme you know Kyler Murray certainly not as polished certainly not as uh, as refined of a, of a player I mean, Drew Brees is on a Hall of Fame track, will be a Hall of Famer. But there's more things that Kyler Murray right now, deep ball, running the ball, can do than Drew Brees in a talent standpoint. Here's what I would say. And I, and I listened to a lot of his explanations, and, and it sounded like a lot of his list stemmed from a, a talent standpoint, a physical tool standpoint, the arm strength, the arm accuracy. It was, it was all of those things. 
And I think about 80 to 90 percent of playing quarterback in the NFL happens between this year and this year. And, and that, I think, is where I fundamentally disagree with the list. I, I asked an NFL quarterback one time, uh, I said, why, why don't you just check the, check the ball down more? When I, when I go watch Tom Brady and I watch Drew Brees and I watch the best uh, around the league, it seems like they're, they're very okay at all times to take a little five-yard dump to the running back, to take a five-yard dump to the tight end and set yourself up with a second and five, ultimately set yourself up with a third and two, those kind of things. And, and his re- response to me was, you have no clue how much mind games goes into play in order to set up an open running back in the flat for a five-yard game. You have no idea. That is the ultimate chess match of football. And that's why guys like Drew Brees and Tom Brady should always be in the top 10. Because it doesn't matter if their arms are are going down a little bit. Their minds are better than they've ever been. And that's the value of guys like that. But there's going to come a time, though, Jack. I mean, you can't say that forever, right? Because they could be – they're 60 years old. They're not going to be in the top. So there is going to be a year – I Eventually, it has to happen where it, where they're not a top 10 quarterback. And Chris is saying that year is this year. This is going to be the year where they're not going to be a top 10 quarterback. because People have been saying that about Tom Brady since he was 35 sure. years old. I sure. mean, they've been saying that since he was 35 years old. I think here's the difference. I think 40 is the new 35. And, and a, a big reason why is all the stuff that they're now learning they could do off the field. And another big reason why is you can't hit these guys. You're not allowed to hit them. You hit them and, you, and you, you're off the field for about 10 years. I mean, you cannot touch these quarterbacks. And all of a sudden, they have another five-plus years extended on the back of their careers, and they're doing it at a high level. Now, the only argument that you can get really against this is the Peyton Manning cliff, because there's no doubt that Peyton Manning – now, he was banged up a little bit. He had some neck stuff and things like that down the stretch. And there's no doubt that defense carried him to that final Super Bowl. Uh, but I just I I don't I don't see it for either one of those two guys, and I think Tom Brady having the weaponry that he will have in Tampa this year, you are going to see a whole another level. What do you think about what do you think about the the Tom Brady um, ranking here, Corey? Because I think you know what he has done at the age of what what's he going to be forty three? We've yeah. we've never seen it before. What he was able to do last year in yeah. his in his early forties, we've seen quarterbacks play before in the in their 40s but never this well and this successfully so really i mean it's a, it's a testament if he's 15 or even if he was in the just the top 20 quarterbacks uh in the nfl this year Corey, that would still be something we have really never seen before in the nfl the fact that you can do this for for so many years you know it's almost like um i think tom brady reminds me i watched this instagram live of serena williams talking and she was talking to brian stevenson from equal justice initiative and she was saying how you know i won so many majors it got to a point in my career where the crowd didn't care anymore right and they only cheered when me or venus were losing and that's kind of how i feel with tom brady where he's so good and he's been so good for so long we're like oh yeah we just assume he's going to be in the top 10 and if he's not, then that's like, oh, well, that's kind of controversial. Like now we can actually talk about something. And I and I and I totally agree. I respect his excellence. I think he's amazing. I think what he's doing is unprecedented. And I think he obviously takes a really strong argument for being the goat. But I think the thing that makes Mr. Brady so amazing is that you can never sleep on him. He's he's a champion through and through. You can never count him out. And, and in that sense, like, I don't care if he's 50, 60, 70 years old. The guy is a, is, is, a, is, is a beast. He's a monster and he's a killer. So as long as he can walk, like Jack is saying, as long as he can be in the pocket and make decisions, you can never count him out. There's, there, there's, it's hard to put a value on 
being through all these situations a billion times. You know what I mean? Like having lived through that coverage and this blitz and this and that and the other. And, and that's, I believe, why Tom Brady continues to play because he thinks he can do it at a high level, if not a higher level than he's ever done it before. And if his arm is decreasing, you know, 5%, 10%, I think he makes up for that decrease in arm strength with an increase in mind strength. Um, and also the ability to rally guys around you. So when you walk 100%. into a huddle and guys believe that you're going to take them down the field with less than two minutes left, um, that has tremendous value in winning football games. I mean, so many games come down to a fourth quarter drive when you have to have three or you have to have seven. And nobody delivers in those moments like Tom Brady. And am I, am I saying that, you know, a Kyler Murray of the world can't get there? No, I mean, I think he can get there. But to say that right now he's ahead of Tom Brady, well, you're reaching. You're just but, but, Jack, the only other person I would say can do that uh, two people is Patrick Mahomes and, and Russell Wilson. They're the only two guys that I'd be like, if anything goes down, like I'd be in the huddle and I think we can get through this. And I've Drew been Brees. in those huddles, man. I, I'm telling you, I've been, oh, Drew Brees as well, for sure. But Patrick Mahomes is like second for me and Russell's third. I think Drew Brees is fourth for, for me personally. But man, I've been there. Like I remember when I was a freshman, I was terrified at Notre Dame, right? I mean, this is the big time. This is the show, right? We're playing USC. We're playing Michigan. I got in the huddle and I'm like, we're down by seven. We had a two-minute drill. We practiced this. But I don't know if we can actually do this with 100 fans booing us, right? And I remember Zach Martin going in the huddle and he was calm, like calm as day. And he was like, it's just another day, just another time, you know, another day you know, in the office. And that's when I realized, like, there's a whole other level here. And that's why he's an all-decade offensive lineman. That's why he's one of the best in the NFL, because when you go in the huddle, you believe you can do anything with Zach Martin. And I think you, you see that now with Tom Brady is guys are still saying, when he's 43 years old or 42 or whatever, guys are still saying, oh, man, like, he's going to Tampa Bay. I want to be on that team because I know we can do it. If he's in the huddle, I know we can do whatever. That's special. Yeah. And it starts now. I mean, think about this. Like when, when he's going through these offseason workouts, did you hear all the guys say he's not just saying, hey, go over there, run a slant. He's giving them the full play calls right now. All of these guys, the entire play call. And then they get out and they run the routes. It's all the little training stuff throughout the offseason that some of these younger guys, they're just not quite up to that level yet from a mental standpoint. I think there's there's so many the, the reason I like this list is it just sparks all these different conversations and what do you value do you value that experience and and knowing the offense but what if like Drew Brees he can't throw the deep ball anymore does that experience and knowledge trump that fact what do you guys think about the top two on his list I just showed Patrick Mahomes there yeah. uh He's number the one quarterback Super Bowl MVP you agree Corey but yeah. you, got, you got Lamar Jackson too who we saw last year when you can combine uh, dynamic running ability with the passing ability that Lamar Jackson has, perhaps not uh, significantly up there with uh, some of the best quarterbacks throwing the football right now. But he, I, I'll tell you what, threw the ball pretty well, can throw the ball downfield, got a strong arm. Jack, when you, when you look at Lamar Jackson uh, compared to Patrick Mahomes, what comes to mind? What comes to mind is I'm, I did, I, he's on one of these kind of curves. And so then you wonder what another year of one of these kind of curves could look like from a passing standpoint. And that's pretty enticing. I mean, I, it's impossible to leave him outside of the top five. Now, do you put him above Rodgers, Russell Wilson, and Mahomes? Probably not. I think he's probably in the four to five range as a Deshaun Watson, probably six, four, five, right around that range. But I mean, just, just look at this stat too. So as we talk about his arm getting better and his accuracy getting better, more comfortable, just, just winning from the pocket, hitting a three-step drop, hitting a five-step drop, and just going. 
How about forced missed tackles? Just forced missed tackles at the quarterback position. Cam Newton, he's in second place with 36. Josh Allen, he has 35. This is in their first two seasons. Lamar Jackson, 63. Wow. Almost double those two guys. And so he's just doing things as a runner from the quarterback position that nobody else is close to. Yeah, but I think the, the problem with stats is I feel like that's also kind of uh, concerning to me. I'm like, well, wait a second. Like, is there penetration? <laughs> like, why, why are there so many mixed tackles? Or like, is he out of the pocket? Is he, you know what I'm saying? But anyways, but I will agree that I think the latter. Yeah, I think Lamar is phenomenal. I love Lamar Jackson. I'm a huge Lamar Jackson fan. In fact, I feel like Lamar Jackson is where Giannis is in basketball, right? And this is what I mean by this. We talked about Tom Brady and why he's the GOAT. The thing that I think is interesting about Lamar Jackson and Giannis is that you both are coming off MVP seasons. You both are maturing into, I mean, some of the best players in your sport. Like Lamar Jackson, the second player ever to be the unanimous MVP. Like there's no doubt the man is a monster. He's a machine. He's a walking cheat code. But there's a difference between team success and individual success. And I think a great leader, a great player, especially at the quarterback position, they get to this journey where there are very few people in the NFL, right? That you'd be good to do that. Then there are very few people who can achieve the success, the individual success in the NFL. Very few people have done that. Lamar's done that. Then you get to a point where you're like, it's not about me. It's about if I can only be great, if I can make other people around me great. And it happens with every greats in any sport. And then when they reach that level, they become transcendent. And the thing that is hard with the comparison to Patrick Mahomes is you can do all the technical stuff you want. But the fact of the matter is that I don't think we've seen a quarterback to be transcendent immediately since Tom Brady. Because Tom Brady came out right away within his first like year or two, right? Won a Super Bowl. Like Patrick Mahomes won the MVP second year, now Super Bowl MVP third year. Like the guy is not only the best player himself, but he makes everyone around him the best players. And once Lamar Jackson figures that out, he's going to be good for a long time. For sure. And I, I think you could make – Ahmed, tell me if you disagree with this. I think you could make similar comparisons. If you're going to say Drew Brees is in a Sean Payton system, Lamar Jackson is in a perfect system for Lamar Jackson too. I mean, you have to – you got to take those hand in hand. It's a great running running scheme there. Greg Roman, who was able to do a lot of the same things that uh, that they're doing in Baltimore back with San Francisco when I was working out there and Colin Kaepernick, 100%, and which makes it so difficult, which I, I give Chris a lot of credit in, in what you guys do as well at PFF of trying to extrapolate exactly, okay, how much is he being helped by an offensive line that's able to move uh, move the pile and, and uh, open up some holes? This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. 
Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to get your guys' opinion on 35 here. Jarrett Stidham, because you we talked a lot about Tom Brady, um, but Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels were apparently comfortable to move on from Tom Brady and put the trust from for everything we hear. They they really like Jarrett Stidham. This is not one of those things where it's just kind of like the backup fallback plan. They're going to figure something out two three years down the road. They feel like Jarrett Stidham is the answer two or three years down the road. Clearly, or else I guess they wouldn't be going with him this year. Um, what do you guys think of Jarrett Stidham? Because I'm I'm prone to to trust Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels when it comes to evaluating uh, quarterbacks in the NFL. You want to go, Jack? Or you want me to chop in? I, yeah, I, I, I can go. I, I mean, I truthfully, if you if you had Bill Belichick put a list, I think it's possible he might put Jarrett Stidham ahead of Tom Brady. Hmm. I mean, yeah, that that lets you know something. I don't think Bill Belichick's going to coach for the rest of his life, and if he's He's taking, you know, whatever he is, late 60s, and he's going, Tom Brady, go down to Tampa Bay. We're, we're good here with Jared Stidham. Or if he's even okay. I mean, listen, he's been insinuating that he's okay with that for three years now, five years now. Yeah. Um, and now it finally happened. Uh, it lets you know that he thinks in large part they've been winning football games by playing great defense and by ball control, by running it in some of these big games and and by having great coaching staff. And, and you know, that it's not all the Tom Brady show. And that he can do it with another quarterback. And so now you're going to get your chance with Jared Stidham. And and truthfully, from my standpoint, while he's done good stuff at the college level, I was just looking at his college grades. You just don't know until you put him on an NFL field on a Sunday with an NFL pass rush and and trying to get the ball to Julian Edelman uh, with, you know, six, five monsters coming right in his face. So all, all of those things are he's going to have to prove. So until then, I think he sits at 35. I like where he is. So maybe maybe he would, Jack, um, put him above Tom Brady. But he probably likes the 35 ranking because Bill Belichick, Corey, wants to prove that he can win. He can win without a top. A top. He didn't need Tom Brady. He doesn't need an elite quarterback. He'll take one ranked 35th on the Chris Sims quarterback countdown list. He likes yeah. the contract, too. Yeah, <laughs> true. Very true. And the expectations, I feel. Right. I mean, a lot of this, a lot of this level, at least, is succeeding. you got to be able to manage expectations. And with, with Belichick, what you, your argument, Jack, I think it sounds a lot like, um, reminds me of the last dance you know jerry Krause argument it's like do organizations win championships or does michael jordan win a championship and i feel like every coach has that internal battle because you're dealing with egos here you know and you can't escape the ego of a gm or a coach or a player especially when you're at a championship level and i do wonder how much of this is belief in a system or an ego battle between you know mr brady and coach belichick i don't know i don't know them personally i've never met them so that's just a question that we have to think about but as far as jared sims concerned i agree with you you're gonna have to wait till you see because this is the issue right and in college i think anyone can be a great quarterback because because um in college there's no salary cap right like anything can happen like you like all the best players in college are all talking to each other it's like free agency in the nba where you can like all just decide to go to Alabama. You can all just decide to go LSU and play with your boys. And then you end up having an unbelievable team. And Joe Burrow has the greatest season ever, you know, at LSU, whatever. But then in the pros, you get drafted. And then you have to deal with, okay, if you're going to pay me, you can't get weapons on the outside. There's a there's a give or take. Yeah, and I think more spread out. Exactly. And I think that's what's going to be so interesting about this is that, you know, it can Stidham win 
without you know all these crazy weapons or can he win with the weapons like this is the problem with being a quarterback at this next level is you have to be able to take with what you, what you have and that's what separates the good from the great so i don't know i haven't seen him play at this level i don't have the tape but if you sit behind tom brady for that long he's got to absorb something right so I, i'm excited sure. to see wait, his, his mental wait, what toughness are you, what are you talking about here Corey? because we've always heard paying college athletes if we do that then all the best players are going to all go to the same schools that can pay him what do you tell him i thought what are you you're saying that happens now you're saying all the top athletes already go to the top colleges out there oh wow yeah <laughs> no yeah it's just like i think it's funny because you have like when you're getting recruited everyone talks right so it's kind of like all sure. the best players want to play with the best guys why yeah why wouldn't exactly you? so it's interesting like now i think that's that's one of the coolest things about college football but it also creates these perennial powers because you know all the top guys that the opening and the army all-american bowl game like all want to play together yeah. And who can blame them? But in the NFL, it's not like that. So I Take wonder. Too. Yeah. One factor that I think with regard to Tom Brady and making a switch to Jared Stidham is within the locker room. I mean, Bill Belichick is one of the final old school style coaches who can just bust asses and get away with it. I mean, it's now you have guys like Sean McVay. And, um, it's, I mean, all the all these new age coaches where they're more player coach style guys. Right. And and you still have Belichick who's. Still has a little Bill Parcells to him and, and that sort of style. And I've had multiple former New England Patriots tell me that the real key is that he'll get in there on day one and he'll bust Tom Brady's ass. I mean, he'll just get in. And it'll be 2007. He'll show the playoff game, show all the mistakes Tom Brady made, and he'll start yelling at him right in the first row. He sets the tone right then. My six-time Super Bowl winning quarterback, he's not getting away with anything. I'm treating him just like the rest of you, and then everybody falls right in line. Now that you don't have Tom Brady, who's going to be willing to take that kind of thing on day one of training camp, are you able to recreate that in a 2020 new age locker room or not? And he still has to prove that, talking about Bill Belichick, or a guy's going to start to go, man, this is a whole new era now, and you need to get with it. And, and we just don't know yet. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fascinating to see. I mean, both with Tom Brady in Tampa, how he does there with the weapons that he has, because he got a lot of them, probably more than he had in uh, in New England. But how how New England moves on in this uh, Bill Belichick 2.0 era. All right, guys, I'm going to throw this at you because uh, this list for Chris is all about 2020 one year. Um, I tried to look into the future. I tried to go into 2025 and how the top five might look in 2025. So we're talking five years down the road. We'll see if you guys agree. Um, my number five was Russell Wilson, who will be 36 years old. Um, but as we've seen, you can play quarterback into your 40s. Maybe not quite the style that Russell Wilson uh, plays, but I got him at number five. At number four, I threw in, oh, hold on. I threw in Trevor Lawrence. Ooh. Clemson, from all we hear about uh, about Trevor, he's got good game film. I really haven't dissected it. I don't do that, really. But I will trust a lot of people out there that say he's going to be a unanimous number one. Number three, Patrick Mahomes. Interesting. But I think there's going to be a revolution. Here's my, here's my theory in the NFL. Not a revolution. We've already seen it. But in 2025, we will see the mobile quarterback, the running quarterback, game plans designed for players like Lamar Jackson, who will be number two and number one in my list is Kyler Murray, guys, because I feel like 
we are going to see it just like uh, Greg Roman has done. Jack, you mentioned it with the Baltimore Ravens designed an offense that accentuates the abilities of a mobile quarterback. I don't see that trend stopping. I see them putting the pedal to the metal on that. And so I'm, I'm taking Lamar and Kyler as my top two quarterbacks in the year 2025. Wow. What wow. do you think? I mean, I'm think? shook. Hot take. <laughs> I'm really shook. That, that is a hot, that's a steaming hot take. Steaming hot take. I, I think Ahmed. Um, wow, wow. I've left I, you speechless. Wow. I, I will. I will say this though. I'm just saying, like, you're really blowing my mind here because I, history repeats itself. If we learn anything from history, it's yeah. that um, I don't know if the mobile quarterback is a sustainable model. That's just my personal. That's just my personal take. And I, 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 I wow. love, love, love. No, check this out. Because, like, I love Michael Vick. You know, I loved watching him. You know, yeah. huge fan of his. Vince Young in college. Like, wow. Like, I, I grew up on that. But when you talk about the greats of all time, you, you don't really – like, how many great mobile quarterbacks are there, right? It's, I think pocket oh, passers – Oh, I don't disagree. Yeah. I think I'm pocket passers are always going to be – Exactly. I think yeah. pocket passers are always going to be your top because of this fact that – Pocket passers can stay in the league till they're something, you're 40 something. Whereas, how many of these guys can play at a high level for a long time? Um, and as we mentioned before, with all these moving pieces, you can't just win because you're amazing and you can get whoever you want. Like Trevor Lawrence has a great team around him. Like now you're going to have to deal with salary cap, and that's going to make you deal with some, a lot of changes. Like we saw Tom Brady win with so many different pieces. Uh, I don't know. I, I disagree. What do you think, Chad? If I, if I could get in, I, I would say that. I kind of think both you guys may be right here. Um, and from the standpoint of we're not talking about guys that can just run and we're not talking about guys that can just pass. We're talking about guys that can do both. I mean, the guy you have on the screen right now, Kyler Murray, he does both. Lamar Jackson, you know what he's learning to do? Both. Patrick Mahomes, you know what he does best? Both. He, he sure. kills you from the pocket. And just when you're thinking, oh boy, we got to drop eight back in coverage here, he takes off and runs like he did in the Super Bowl. And you have no answer for it because he can take off and run like he's not. I mean, he's yeah. unbelievable yeah. when he takes off and run in terms of yeah. as an athlete. Uh, but I, I do want to go back to, to Corey's point a little bit about history repeating yeah. itself. Keller Murray's a good player. Lamar Jackson's a great player. Are both of those guys, or either one of those guys, going to surpass Patrick Mahomes? I don't think so. I just don't think so. He's doing things that – I mean, he, he may – I mean, if Andy Reid stays around forever, which, God, I hope he does. He's one of my favorite coaches of all time. I mean, who knows how many Super Bowl champions, championships that arm, that brain, that ability, and Andy Reid as a combination can go win. And the only other guy that I'd throw into the top five here is Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow is right he's a there. good dude. He's 26. He's 26 on Sims' list, and I would have put him top 15. On wow. some list. And, I'll, and, I'll, and I'll tell you why is because you're not going to convince me that 15 teams in the NFL. I mean, he, he may even be higher than top 15. There's there's probably outside of the top 14, top 15. All of those teams would go. Yeah, I'll trade my quarterback right now for Joe Burrow. Wow, wait, wait a second. Right out the gate. Top 15. He hasn't even played a snap of NFL football. Jack. I got gotcha. you. Jack. OK, Corey. So I'm, uh, let me tell you. Let me let me say this to you right wow. now. Let's, let's just go this. Ryan Tannehill or Joe Burrow? Who do you want? One year or am I building a franchise? One year. That's where it gets, that's where it gets tough. Five, if, it's, if it's one out. year, I'm taking Ryan I'm Tannehill. There. I'm telling you, because, because this is, once again, super controversial. This is the, the exercise of the, of, the, of the list is a one-year thing. Joe Burrow, right out the gate, one year, you're not going to win. You're not going to win. The, I mean, yep. 
that's impossible. Like not impossible. Anything's I mean that possible. tape though. I mean Chris. Chris looked at that tape, and 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 Jack, you as well. He said there wasn't a better college tape that he has seen. But since, see, that's what I'm talking about. There's a different. Joe and this, I'm Joe Burrow. I love Joe Burrow as well. I mean, what he did last year, my jaw was on the floor every Saturday. I'm a huge fan of his. But I will tell you right now, this is a different game. It takes. There's an adjustment period for everyone, and and one year. If I'm building a franchise, Joe Burrow every day of the week. You know, yeah. but one year I'm taking Ryan Tannehill. If it's one year. Yeah, we had the waters meshed a little bit there because we kind of did like the who's going to be in the top five in five years. And now we oh. all have this little one year thing going on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. If you're just doing truly the one. I mean, listen, he's going to start this year. He's probably going to start week one. And now yeah. this offseason is probably going to screw with his success a little bit because he didn't have the time to go meet yeah. AJ Green, throw with them, I'm sure, the level that he wanted and all those things. But I, I'd say he's probably if you're doing just one year and the future doesn't matter, which, of course, it does. I, then you're probably going top twenty somewhere. But that's a phenomenal. That's a phenomenal point, though. For all these guys coming out, though, this is a, this is a weird time to be a quarterback, right? Because you can't. Yeah, it's a COVID summer, right? So it's like, what in the world? You don't have the time to build chemistry and get in the locker room with all of your guys and show that you are the leader. You are the guy, and you can lead the team. So it is going to take a lot of time for them to develop that rapport. Um, and even when you think about the, the the hard part for me is there's so much hype now because we watch these guys from such a young age. You know, we go all the way even to high school and we're talking them up for years that mm-hmm. when they get to the league, there's just monumental expectations um, and they just can't help but fall short. Unless, like I said, they're Patrick Mahomes, but there's one Patrick Mahomes. And that's my problem. It's like, yeah. look at Sam Darnold. Like, you know, like he was and it, like like Daniel Jones. Like there's all these guys I'm thinking like they were really Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel. Like I've seen Deshaun, even Deshaun Kaiser. Like I play with DK. Like every time I see these guys come out, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to watch them play. But everyone's expecting them to turn around a franchise in their first year, and it takes time. Yeah. And so what, what do you think made it tough for DK? What what do you think made it so tough for DK? See, this is what this is exactly what I mean. Is that you look at a guy like like DK, we were playing on a team that was I mean, you had Jalen Smith, you had Will Fuller. Like, think about the guys on that team. They're all all pros. Ronnie Stanley, you know? Oh, mm-hmm. Quinn Nelson. You know what I'm saying? It's just like I mean, the guys that you had on that team are nuts. And the, the thing that about college, like I said, everyone congregates. So everyone went to LSU. You're not going to have the receivers you had in the NFL, right? And when you get drafted to a team that's going to be a bad team, there's a reason why you get the number one or a first-round draft pick. You're bad. Then you have to go to a bad team, and you have to deal with all these different things as far as, like, timelines. Because in college, everyone goes together, and you know you got one to four years. It's kind of like – it's almost like a set contract. In the pros – People are rolling in and out. They could be cut next week. There's no stability. And for a young guy to take hold of that, and when you're 21 years old and expect, you know, get 25 million or whatever, crazy, you know, all these expectations on you, that's yeah. a really tough. Oh. That's really tough. Let me throw this at you guys because I think there's been a narrative in the NFL over the past five years, and, and it seems like it's maybe been true, but I don't know if it is anymore. And let me see if you guys agree. Jack, what do you think? You know, there's this idea that, man, there just are not that many good quarterbacks in the NFL, certainly not enough good quarterbacks to fill out uh, 32 teams, or if the starter right. goes down to have a decent backup, you look at this list and here's 40. And there, there are some names I, I think that were uh, left off. You got, you know, Jacoby Brissett that's not on there anymore. Some guys like Colt McCoy's you've had injury issues too, but I don't know. I, I don't know if we see, maybe there's an influx in the last couple of years of some really good quarterbacks. We're seeing Lamar Jackson be one of the top five quarterbacks now. 
I feel like overall quarterback talent in the NFL is better now than it has been over the past five, maybe even 10 years. Yeah, I mean, I don't disagree with you, but I, I think when when you hear that argument, it's more about the economics of football. And we've we've extrapolated that out here. But the economics play a play a big part in terms of they really only want to pay the top 10 guys. And if you don't have one of the top 10 guys, you're better off just continuing the draft. I mean, you should be drafting a quarterback every single year, because as we've seen, if you get one of these one of these dudes on a rookie contract, a Dak Prescott in the fourth round, uh, you get one of these guys later. And all of a sudden you go, we can pay some people here. We can keep Byron Jones. We can keep Jalen Smith. We can keep Lawrence. Uh, we can maybe pay Van Der Esch. We can go get Amari Cooper. We can we can sign Ezekiel Elliott to a long-term contract and have him play next to him. But then, then you have an argument with Dak Prescott is, okay, so now we pay him $35 million and he absorbs $35 million here. And now we can't go pay these guys. Now Leighton Van Der Esch becomes a free agent. Now Byron Jones becomes a Miami Dolphin. Yeah. Now what does Dak Prescott do? So if he couldn't win a Super Bowl then, what makes you think he can do it now? And that's where right. economics becomes such a big factor in NFL football. And, and I really, and I think that the coolest thing about the NFL, and this is what my list is like, that's why I love Patrick Mahomes and I think Lamar is on the rise, is that football is not an efficient market. Like, like people think about the stock market and they say, okay, I think that's the best parallel. If you think about the stock market, you think it, it's an efficient system, right? Because it's a it's rational. You can predict and build models for it, but you're not because the people who are investing are, are people and they may buy or sell stocks because they're like, oh, my ex-girlfriend hated it. Like she used an apple. I now hate apple, you know, like something like stupid. And you just sell you sell stock because of that or Elon Musk tweets something. You're like, I'm going to buy Tesla stock now. Um, Sometimes and, that's a good idea, though, when Elon tweets something. But you should do buy. That's a good point. <laughs> but my point is that it's interesting because the mark, stock market is not rational. It's irrational. It's very similar with football, where you think you're like, look at the stats. Look at his passer rating. Look at his completion rating. Look, look how many missed tackles he's had. On paper, this guy is the best. Why isn't he winning? It's because a football team is made up of people who all have their own things going on. And they might get thrown off. They might play a bad game because their son was up all night and had nightmares and peed the bed. And now they have to be dad. They're not ready to go play the next day. Like there are irrational things that come into play, even like favoritism with coaches. And they're like, hey, I like this guy better. And I'm going to give him a shot, even though you're better because I recruited him. Like these are all the politics, the, the salary cap. And that's why it makes it so hard to be a quarterback and lead a team because it's a sociological and a psychology experiment You know, in psychology. You got to be able to inspire people and and have a great group mentality and not everyone can do that that's why there's only few champions correct and also the position in all sports that's why, that's why drew Brees and tom brady are way too way too low on this list that's a great point Corey robinson just described it ain't all about arm time it ain't all about who can that do this and it's a lot about this i'm just telling you uh, we're yeah. gonna bring Chris in here to 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 speak for himself. No, we we can't. We're not doing that. He's doing other things too. But uh, to defend himself against the slander of drinking Drew Brees and Tom Brady too low for the second year in a row. All right, maybe we can agree on this, guys. Before we go, I made another top five list, and so maybe okay. this will bring us all together. And even Chris would agree on this. Uh, top five wingmen at a bar. So if you're at a bar and you need a wingman, <laughs> here's the no, top five quarterbacks who are wingman at a bar currently in the nfl for the 2020 seasons this is not what they've oh no i'm not uh so number number five is drew lock okay uh remember he did the thing where he was rapping on the sideline and having a good time i do um so i think he would be a fun time and he would be an asset to have next to you at a bar 
Uh, number four for me. Uh oh, hold on. Number four, Matt Ryan. I'm going with Matt Ryan, and that might be puzzling to you, but here's my here's my thinking. Matt Ryan, great quarterback, maybe even in the Hall of Fame discussion. So he'll garner attention, but I don't feel like his personality will take away from your spotlight. And so you will be able to shine sitting next to Matt Ryan because he won't be the dominant force, the dominant personality. So you really thought about this. I like that research. There's like 30. I thought more about this than I did about the previous 25 minutes we've been talking about here. (laughs) Uh, Number three, Patrick Mahomes, because if he brings the Super Bowl trophy and MVP trophy, that's a, that's a done deal. Number two is Jimmy Garoppolo for reasons that I don't think I need to go into. And uh, number one is is, he's going to take all the girls from you. Is that the reason? Well, no, he's just he'll 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 attract a lot of interest, and so I think you'll benefit from that. Even though he might outshine <laughs> you, you'll still benefit overall by uh, the interest that Jimmy Garoppolo uh, got. And then Tom Brady is number one, just because he's got all those traits with Jimmy Garoppolo, and he's the goat, and he's the all-time best. But I will argue, guys, and maybe you can disagree with this, that I would not have him in the top five if we're talking Brady with a long hair. <laughs> Because I feel like that was a mistake. That w- maybe one of the most regrettable things he's done in his career, guys. That's a Giselle move. That was Giselle, I think, not Tom. <laughs> She's like, let's see how it works. Did she like it? I wonder if she liked it or if she regretted making him do that. But I feel like with any wingman, right, you don't want guys who who are who could steal a spotlight, right? So I feel like you want to go Not necessarily, with, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if you go with, like, if all your wingmen are all married, then you know then they <laughs> then you're you're the only available option that's, that's a, good a good point. point that's a good point so tom is married and yeah that's why he's number one on my list all right that was i was um but also Ahmed, I, I just want to say in general though like chris sims what i love yeah. the the effort that what he did because think about this for a second it's so difficult for all the reasons we, we pulled out like five different ways that you could grade quarterbacks so I, I love his idea. I love the list. And he's the only one that can speak on authority, at least in this group, because I didn't play quarterback in the NFL. But, yeah, it's, it's a really tough thing. It's a hard thing. So hats off to you for, for putting your list out there, Chris. Hats off. I agree. And, and, and honestly, the more you disagree with anything that he said there, the more you have to go listen to his explanation. Because no matter which one it was where I was like, ah, I'm just going to throw my pencil at the wall. This is so stupid. Okay, I'm going to go listen to Chris real quick. And, and his explanations were all pretty good. And and for the most part, it had to do a lot with physical tools. That that was my big takeaway. Almost every quarterback, he, he would circle back to physical tools and circle back to can he make this throw or can he put lightning bolt on this throw or can he do this or can he do that or can he run? There's a lot of physical stuff. And I think it was not enough mental stuff. That was my biggest walking away point sure. from reading the list and listening to and it. I, and I think that's the great thing is, and, and he knows it too, is this sparks a lot of discussion. It makes you think. And mm-hmm. Chris and, and, and Jack, you as well, not afraid to go out on a limb and make your opinions known. And if, if you feel differently than, than everyone else, then that's a good thing. And if you can back it up with some evidence and some proof, then, uh, then try to do that. So we appreciate you. Thank you, Chris, for giving us the list so that we could throw it around and beat it up and beat you up in the process. Uh, the Chris Sims Top 40 Quarterback Countdown for 2020. Guys, we'll do this again in 2021. I feel like he'll do this uh, for the rest, uh, the rest of his life. Corey, Jack, well done. We'll do it again next week. How's that sound? Cheers. I'm going to go put the cushions by the pool. Been sitting on them all day. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. <guys. laughs>